Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Thanks so much for joining us here on the program as we uh, are all set to talk about new paradigms for a new world as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And I'm forgetting one thing here. There we go. That's what I was missing. Okay, and we're also uh, giving you, uh, looking for those new ways of living. Just look around. The old ways just don't work anymore. And um, we hope that uh, you will join us every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Hope you'll join us for that. And then, of course, we uh, stream those programs at uh, richarddoon.com. We have podcasts at SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, many other locations on the Internet. And you can also watch us on YouTube. Hope you'll subscribe as well. The YouTube channel is Tell Me Your Story and Richard Dugan. And the reason I uh, said I needed this is because that's what you want to look for, because apparently there's another channel called Tell Me Your Story. And I, uh, I haven't been there myself. I don't know what uh, it's all about, but what I do know is what we're all about, and that is promoting the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we ask you to spend some time going within, listening to that still small voice. And if you uh, like what we're doing and it resonates with you, we would love for you to support us financially if you can. Uh, And uh, we have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And when you go there to uh, support us financially and they're going to ask you for an email address to whom to send the funds to... The email address is richard at richarddugan.com. And with all of that, we have a special guest coming to us, uh, uh, talking to us about a book that she has written. Man, I tell you, it's like a construction project because it's so large. Folks, this is is huge, okay? i got to try to get in the frame there. It's huge. It's called (laughs) Love, Peace, and Vegetables, Recipes for Conscious Living. Oh, now that is right up our alley, ladies and gentlemen. And Marcella Benson, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Thank you for having me, Richard. Now, (laughs) I didn't ask you this before we started. What part of the world are you in? I'm in, I'm in Miami. You're in Miami. so it Miami, is another, the USA. That's Miami, a whole other world Florida. for me. <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is, it is. It has become a whole other world. <laughs> I, I've, only, I've only been to Miami once, and that was uh, to catch a cruise ship uh, to the uh, Western Caribbean, or Caribbean, depending upon how you pronounce it. Yes. Uh, first of all... <laughs> Why in the why is it such an, a, a mammoth volume? I, it's beautiful. It's a great coffee table book, as they say. It, it oh, could almost make a coffee table. Uh, it's it's a gorgeous uh, piece of work, and I, I'm sure you're very proud of it. Uh, just share with us the 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 reason why. What is it? The publisher decided. You know what? What you've got to say is so important. We're going to blow this thing up, and it's just going to be incredible. Well, this is uh, definitely this is independently publishing published. Uh, what this means is that um, is with a very small publisher, and all the decisions were made by my chief editor and I. And um, I wanted a lot of people wanted to break the book in many pieces and I said I can't do that I can't do that uh, even if it's way too much I just can't cut this work in 
because this work was a whole, it's supposed to be a whole volume and a whole guide for people that wanted to change their nutrition. But in a way, I wrote it in a way that is an invitation towards conscious living. Even, even the, like you see the, um, if you see the uh, cover, it's, if you take the title, you can use it as an invitation. And I think life is an invitation to uh, become become yourself, transform yourself, and therefore transform the world. And that is what we are all about here on Tell Me Your Story. I know it sounds like a, a, a monumental task, but the reality is, and uh, I've, I say this quite often, I want to change the world. And I want to join with others who also want to change the world for the better for everyone. But that also raises an interesting question, Marcella. Your version of better is going to be different than my version. How do we bring these different versions together in a cohesive, in a cohesive way? I think the cohesive way to go is to understand that everybody's different. Just like in nature, you have little plants, big plants, huge trees, and you have different landscapes for everything. And uh, nature doesn't, it, it's just what it is. And I also believe that if you invite me to your world, I will be able to take out the most beautiful things. And that depends on me, on how I perceive the world. Mm. And that's why I say, how do we find a space in which we can all change the world for the better? It's just do not impose into everybody, but invite. And if it's an invitation that a lot of people are willing to take mm -hmm. or are willing to express in their life, even that invitation that you give, they will express it differently than you. Mm. And, and this is the loving way that I like to do it. You know, it's, uh, it, 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 it's a huge, huge deal uh, to begin the process of not just eating the right things, but also when it comes to the soul, um, in some instances, not just doing, but thinking, feeling, so to speak. Again, I say this in a very general sense, uh, the right things. Um, having, shall we say, the right people in one's life, having the right environment, uh, the right experiences, and of course, uh, you would probably uh, agree with the philosophy that says that, you know, we we uh, before we come into this world, we decide, okay, I want to, I want to be born into this type of a family, and I want to have these kinds of experiences, and so on and so forth, and uh, it can, you know, and and that's something that a lot of people have a challenge, a lot of challenge with because they don't believe that it's possible for us to to make those choices in the life before this one. Um, can you talk a little bit about that in terms of uh, love, peace, and vegetables, which is a very cool, as opposed to fruit, uh, <laughs> and, and this wonderful, wonderful uh, um, uh, volume. It, it's, this thing must weigh 10 pounds. <laughs> yes, 7.8. 7. All right, 7.8. There you go. Um, and, and I think it's best epitomized. 
uh, my question is best epitomized because at one time we were, uh, and that is, how do we get back on track? Yes, 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 yes. Well, that's that's a great question. And, um, you know, definitely in my world, what I offer is to how to get back in track is to be back into nature. You that's in my own personal experience. You know, if you are out of track is because you're way too far away from the reality of who you are. So then you fall out of track because you're way out. So let's come back to nature and through recipes that bring you back into nature and through practices that bring you back into nature, you come back on track. You come back into balance. It's like, okay, I need a vacation. Where do a lot of people go, they just need to go to a waterfall or to the beach or to the mountains or skiing, you know, why? You know, it's always around nature is when we find ourselves back with our sacred rhythm. And, um, and this is what I put in the book, come back into your sacred rhythm, into a life that you do love. And we can have that every day. That doesn't mean that we're never going to fall out of track because that happens all the time. And it's part of the life experience. Falling out of track means that you need to come back. Mm -hmm. And how you come back, it doesn't mean that it's going to be like you come back before. You're going to come back anew. And this is what I offer. Each time to come back anew, bring some more extra consciousness. And like that, upgrading your life each time you come back into track. And do not be... Do not be discouraged. Do not talk to yourself. You know, be forgiving to yourself because that is part of life. Coming out of track and coming, you know, it's an entropy. Yes. And then it comes order, balance, mm. entropy, order, balance. It is the way of the universe. It is the way of life. So as faster we accept that and we look at it with the eyes of love and with an expanding um thought in our mind, mm -hmm. then our life becomes more beautiful and coming out of track then is not so bad because you, on top of coming out of track, you don't start pounding yourself to say, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And you are enough, mm. you know? Our guest today is the author of Love, Peace and Vegetables. Recipes for conscious, did you hear that? Conscious living. Marcella Benson, my guest, Marcella Benson, M.A., and uh, we're talking about this work here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a real pleasure to have Marcella here. Uh, from your accent, I detect uh, Italian? Uh, Argentinian. Argentin. I was... On the other <laughs> side of the globe, wasn't I? But it, it no, I, never mind. Um, I find it so fascinating when I talk with people who are from different parts of the world, how many are so like-minded, in tune. They're all doing different things, all right? But they're all working towards... Uh, astonishingly, they're all working towards what seems like the same goal. 
And it seems as though more and more people are beginning this journey, getting on that particular track, shall we say? Yes. Which seems to be pushing those who aren't and don't want to be on this track, pushing them upwards towards the surface to be seen. And um, and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and mention it. Um, when the invasion first started, my first thought and my first energetic impulse was, I'm going to get a plane ticket. I'm going to Moscow. I'm going to walk into the Kremlin and I'm going to walk up to that little nutball. I'm going to grab him by the ear and say, no, this is the 21st century. This is not how we do things. The, he and others like him, they're being pushed towards the surface for everyone to see. And we're beginning to realize that, you know, we do have power. We really really do we have we have the control now i'm not saying that that um um uh we have control over certain things that isn't what i mean because that's the one thing we learn very early on isn't it uh as as we raise our consciousness that the only thing i have control over is me that's okay. right. But we are the people and we are the people of the world who do want peace, mm -hmm. who do want, want yeah. better things in the world, who do want better books, who do want better nutrition, who do want to take care of Mother Earth and the rivers and the oceans and the mountains. We are the people of the world. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Have no doubt and for that, it takes a little bit of consciousness and a little bit of effort, mm -hmm. you know, and how do we do that? You know, how do we spend our money? How do we treat ourselves? Because everything starts, love and peace starts with you here, right now. It's, no? And yeah. for example, one of the conscious things that I talk about in the book is that the understanding that eating organic is not just something fancy. It has to do with the health of the people that are feeding us and the health of the family that are feeding us. I've traveled all over the world and I've seen what happens when countries are using uh, pesticides, fungicides, herbicides in the land and the lands becomes desert. Not only the lands, the children and the farmers are sick with, and, and not only that, you also get sick. Yeah. But as we buy into research and we do not get conscious, we are also fueling that industry to grow, 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 grow. So if you do want to change the world, you change your life. And that's how we become the people of the world. Now, you dedicate this book to your mother. Yes. Tell me about her. Oh, she's amazing. She's She's a, an amazing mom who, who raised uh, the four of us, I have my sister and my two brothers, with a lot of love. And she came from Israel um, from the war when Israel uh, became Israel. My grandmother was born in Jerusalem, so she uh, herself considered herself, you know, part of the Middle Eastern. I, I still speak about myself as a Middle Eastern person because we all come from that areas where there were no borders before. Mm -hmm. And um, my mom truly, truly taught me and my 
grandmothers and my great-grandmothers, although they might not have had a perfect nutrition, but they taught me the power of unconditional love. So whatever you do, when you do it with love, it travels through many generations. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it does travel and it transforms the generations to come. What's the flower on that page, that dedication page? Um, I think it's a lantana. I'm quite familiar with lantana because my mother had them planted uh, outside my sister's window on the ground where she, my mother, taught me uh, that there is really only one way to pull weeds, and that is with elbow grease. <laughs> and so she would have me and maybe my brother, we would go out there <clears throat> and we'd pull weeds out of the lantana bed. Yes. Uh, beautiful plants, beautiful, beautiful plants. Tell me about the uh, the person who photographed all uh, who who first of all the photographs of the food in this book who who is your photographer was that you no no i had i had a wonderful photographer who was very mindful of the sacredness that is involved to working with anything that i do and she was able to see what i wanted to do with the food and her name is ira rodriguez before her I had many other photographers who did a food photograph that wanted to spray the food, uh, put some water on top, put some things to make it looking better. And I said, and then throw out the food. And I said, there is no way that any of the food that I make is going to be thrown away. So all of the foods were shot in Indonesia, in Bali. And uh, all the food was given through the whole neighborhood. So I fed a whole neighborhood for three months. Oh, oh. <laughs> I fattened up the whole neighborhood. They must have hated when you left. <laughs> oh, my. Mm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if, if you want to live in harmony, health, and balance, we must embrace the path of healing and change. <gasps> change? It's the one constant in the universe. And yet we are taught to fear it, to hate it, to do everything we can to not change. I find it fascinating in relationships as well um, that people want to go back. Oh, man, I, I want to go back to the way it was when we first met or 10 yeah. years ago or whatever. You can't. As mm -hmm. R.E.M. in their song says... It's the end of the world as we know it. And I'm not saying destructive. It's just the reality is I can't go back to my childhood neighborhood where I grew up, where there were no fences between yards and everybody grew grass and we played kickball in the street and used both sides of the street because there were no fences in the yards on both sides of the street. And it was grass and a few driveways. I can't go back there. It doesn't exist. I mean, literally let alone figuratively. Um, I want to ask you, and, and that maybe takes us into an area of um, Mother Earth. And in, uh, there are two things I want to talk to you about. Let's go with Mother Earth with environmental consciousness. Now, we're not, it sounds to me like you're not talking about um, necessarily, and this is, I, 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 
I don't use this term pejoratively, but it is used pejoratively. The tree huggers, okay? We got them here in California, and I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong. The reality is they're going to the extreme because the other side has gone to the extreme. And so it's like, okay, in order for us to bring it back into balance, we got to go, we got to go way over here. And I understand that. I really do. Um, what is your thought in terms of where we are and where we are going environmentally? Do you think that we have reached the tipping point like some people are saying now? No, not at all. Not at all. I think um, not at all. I mean, you know, the, you know that the earth, you know how much of the earth, um, I, I think 29 or 27% of the earth is habitable. And you know how much we are occupying right now? About 3%. Seriously? That's it. Yes. Wow. That's it. That's not. Bad. That's it. I was like, I was like, huh. Hmm. I wonder where is that narrative coming from. But you know, let's narrate together yeah. a good story for all of us. Let's start looking more. You know, the Earth is much bigger than us. Nature and the heaven. It is much more mysterious and <laughs> that we could ever think about. And in that comes trust. Mm. And yes, we need to repair because no matter how small we are in terms of inhabiting only 3% of the 20 something percentage of the habitable parts of the earth, we should have pristine everywhere because we, I do believe I see myself as a stewardess of the of as a stewardess of wherever I live. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep it neat and, you know, I don't, I don't use chemicals for, for cleaning. Um, you know, I'm, I'm using all kinds. I, I use magnets to wash my clothes. I use essential oils to clean my house, you see? So I try to each and every year, in fact, this year I did, a, I, I did another readjustment on the cleaning in my house. And every year and every time I come into a deeper consciousness, I make changes. Mm -hmm. mm. I make changes mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter that we haven't reached the beginning point. That it's, that's not the point. The point is that we must come back into order where the natural world. We're talking with Marissa Benson and we're talking about her book, Love, Peace, Love, Peace. I have to actually open the book here. Love, peace, and vegetables. Vegetables, ladies and gentlemen, that a lot of kids don't like. But then again, you never know as you get grow older, you start to like them as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, this is a, a fascinating and incredibly beautiful volume that uh, you're going to want to get a copy of. Uh, lovepeaceandvegetables.com is the website uh, where you're going to see all kinds of neat things there. I think you're going to enjoy it. Yes. And you said the something. Website, the website is uh, marcela.love, M-A-R-C-E-L-A dot love. Okay. Then that's a different website than I was given, and that's great. Marcella.love.com <laughs> or just marcella.love? That's it. 
Marcela Dotlov. Excellent. How about that? Okay, that's a lot easier. <laughs> a lot. Of, and yes. I will tell you right now, we will be linked to your website. But you you said something very important, uh, and and I find this is interesting. And this is this is to my point. And like you say, it doesn't matter whether we've reached the tipping point. Well, I I go uh, to a, a little different perspective on it. Uh, people, you know, they that that are not. They don't want anything to do with the whole con co climate change conversation. Uh, and I say, all right, fine. You know what? In my debate with you, I'm throwing out all the science. I don't care about the science. As a matter of fact, the science could be as flawed, as wrong as, as it could be as fake as, as anything else. That is not my debate. You, Marcella, have already uh, supported my debate. You through your house, and I don't know if you do it every day or every week or once a month, uh, you hose down your house, you clean F with whatever methods you use. It doesn't matter. It, But you do that. Why? Why do you do that? Well, I can answer the question because you want to live in a nice, clean environment, right? So my I debate over the whole issue of climate change is I don't care about climate change. Shouldn't we clean up our home, Mother Earth? That's the debate. Whether we clean up our home or not, not whether climate changes are com coming, not whether we're at the tipping point or not, or any other argument. It's why do you clean your home? What's the point? Because it's just going to get dirty again. And if that's the attitude you take, then why do you do it? Well, we should take the same attitude towards Mother Earth. And I tell you, where I live right now in a rural part of Santa Barbara, that's what I try to do is keep clean the area. I'm not going to do an oil change and just let the oil roll down the hill. What if I lived down below a guy who did that? Wouldn't like that too much. Talk to me a little bit about shifting our, our perspectives and throwing out the science, throwing out the climate change arguments, throwing out all of the uh, arguments that people are debating on both sides for something, for a message that resonates with people. Shouldn't we just, shouldn't we just keep our home clean? <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, yes, we should, but wherever we are, you know, Nothing should discourage you from becoming who you want to become. Nothing should discourage you uh, from growing. And uh, I think the big discouragement, it comes from a very early on misteachings. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing from very early on in my life, how we are mistaught, where the priorities uh, are looked upon in the school and the starting from the school, starting from parents uh, who might not have the time uh, to, or the time or the skills, mm -hmm. you know, because I think this needs to be, you know, we need to more go more into understanding that nobody else but us have the responsibility to do better for ourselves. And that's, you, you can't just like, you can't just throw your body to the doctor to get it fixed. 
you can't just throw your children or just throw something else at somebody else to get it fixed for you. Mm -hmm. You have to believe me. I mean, and there's many layers of that. Like my layer is understanding now computers, which is beyond my understanding sometimes. And I wish I had somebody that I can pay and can do everything for me. And I don't have to, but I have to learn it <laughs> because this is the new world. Yeah, I have to learn it. And with that is everything with your nutrition is like that with environmental consciousness is like that with knowledge is like that with spirituality is like that. And with emotions too, your mm. emotions need to be cleaned and they need to be worked in a way that they don't create entropy in your brain and in every cell of your body. You talk in your book, uh, I want to get into this now, about, uh, and, and it's this particular short little section, it's only about a page or two, I think. Salt, the frequency of sound, light, and love. And we're going to talk about that with uh, Marcella Benson. Marcella.love is the website where you can find out more about her, the work she's doing, and the book, Love, Peace, and Vegetables. And I hope you'll check it out as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And Marcella, I asked you about this short little section called Salt, the frequency of sound, light, and love. And the sound, especially, we do program after program after program about sound, about vibration, toning. Uh, I have a regular guest on, Jonathan Golden. We talk about sometimes just about humming. Or in my case, I use the example of moaning when I was sick as a kid. That's what I did. I would moan. Uh, and my mother said to one of my sisters, that's how he heals himself. Now, I remember her saying that, but she doesn't, and that's fine. All I know is that uh, somebody said it, and it makes sense. That's Our bodies have that innate ability, right? That's right. That's right. Talk to us about these three elements. Uh, and, and, uh, and I guess uh, the, the bigger question is why, why salt as that first part of the frequency of sound, light, and, and love? Well, you see, the, it, it says that the universe was created with salt and water. And that's how it came into being also, mm -hmm. but salt specifically are all of the minerals and salt, it is a crystal. A lot of people know that you can program a crystal, right? Mm -hmm. uh, with different thoughts and with different tones and you can record in that crystal a specific uh, intention. Salt, with salt, that is a crystal, you can do exactly the same thing. And by understanding that you don't want to just sodium chloride, uh, you don't want just the sodium aspect of things, stable salt, you want the full spectrum of the salt and you don't want salt that is being mined uh, uh, with dynamite. You want hand mine salt mm -hmm. from tectonic plates and dried oceans that carry the frequency of the water also, carry that original frequency, right? And the mineralization of our bodies and having the right, you know, when you go to the hospital and you're very sick, what is the first thing they do? Hey, yeah. What do they put on you? They put a uh, blood pressure cuff. No. And yeah. then. Uh, I'm trying to think here. They weigh me. They an measure. IV. An IV. And, oh, an IV when you're going to the hospital. And what oh, I got gotcha. <laughs> Yes. And what does the IV have? 
salt and water. Ah, uh, saline, right. That's right. And so, and what is saline? Salt and water. Right. About, I think it's about a teaspoon of salt every eight ounces of water, maybe. I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. But something like that. It's right. that measurement. Right. Okay. So salt is a true medicine that has been demonized. Salt was a, also like cacao a, back in the days, a currency. Mm -hmm. That's how important is salt. Okay. Yeah. And um, so salt, it is very important. And for everybody, their uptake of salt to be able to keep the body hydrated is different. So you do have to go into understanding what is happening to our, our bodies and our cells. And if we're chronically dehydrated and we don't have the proper amount of blood pressure and salt to go in, you know, most of our body is salt water. Our tears are salt water. Our sweat is salty. Yeah. And uh, when we exercise, what do they, many of the athletes do, they take salt pills so they can keep the water in their body. So depending where you live, if you're in the desert, um, uh, if you're in the tropics, depending of your constitution of the body, you're going to need always a good salt. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so it is a phenomenal, it's, it is a phenomenal medicine, simple and wonderful. So if you have been sick for, for your stomach, take some salt. Mm. Okay. Yes. If you do a lot of computer work, where it's very, very, very dehydrating, take some salt. In fact, I have my salt right beside my computer and my water, like you see me drinking water. I have my water and my salt right besides me, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is very, very important for the mineralization aspect of it and then for making your food, as you bless your food and bless the water of your food, you're changing the structure through blessings, mm -hmm. yes? Yeah. And you are imbuing your food with consciousness and blessings and sending it to the cellular level of your body. You know, that's what they teach us in Reiki uh, class. Uh, when I uh, took my training for Reiki mastership, if you will, <clears throat> they, they, they would tell you to infuse your food before you eat it, which I suppose some would say, well, you know, prayer, they kind of, you know, when you pray before a meal, you say grace. It's kind of, sort of kind of the same thing. And that takes us to another realm here uh, of your book uh, called Live Food Recipes. The universe provides healing energies for those who are open in mind and heart. One of the wonder most wonderful experiences that I have had with, a gar with our garden has been when uh, my wife says, would you go out to the garden and uh, get me a squash? Okay, so I go out there and then I'll break it off. And I'll bring it in, and and then she, uh, bring me one more. So I go back out, and I get on. And we're talking about foods that are still alive, even after I've broken it off the stock or off the plant, and take it in. And it is, uh, it's, it's there's, in addition to eating it, there's just something about taking it from the plant to the stove or the counter or, you know, what. And I wonder if there shouldn't be some kind of ritual or ceremony of showing respect to the plant. And the reason I say that is this. 
There was a scientist by the name, an Indian scientist by the name of Jagadish Chandra Bose. I learned about him in Autobiography of a Yogi. And he created this device called a crescograph. <clears throat> and it was the equivalent of a blood pressure cuff for a plant. And he was actually able to determine <clears throat> when a plant was in distress. He would use chloroform and he'd put it close to the plant and the crescograph would show, that's like the needle would, would go down. And then when you move the chloroform away, it would come back up again. And it got me to wondering, well, now, wait a minute. He's proving that plants are alive. Okay, so now what are vegetarians going to do now? Because if you're not going to eat animals because you don't want to eat living things, now what are you going to do now that you found out that plants are living beings, living things? Well, but see, that's the whole point, is that we take these, these living things whatever they may be, and we incorporate them into our bodies to be disseminated through every cell, every subatomic particle of our bodies to allow us to be here to do our life's purpose. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, uh, uh, and that's why we call it life food, because the plants are alive. And yeah. that's why we no longer just... Uh, say okay it's you know it's no longer self-centered it's love center mm -hmm. with the understanding that everything is alive and whenever we take something we must have gratefulness about it we come into consciousness and into gracefulness about it that's why i have you know in the book also a non-denominational blessing that everybody can use uh, to bless their foods. Mm -hmm. I still remember the the prayer that my father and we would say. I was born and raised Catholic. And it's the same prayer, I guess, in every Catholic home because I've watched movies and TV shows where the uh, the uh, portrayed Catholic family, they say, Bless us, O Lord, in these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And then you cross yourself. <laughs> and I remember kind of thinking about that prayer. I'm thinking, yeah, please, please bless this food uh, to nourish our bodies so that we can go about doing the things that, that we would like to do, that we've chosen to come here to do. Uh, and and um, one area, I think, that I think is, is a challenge for a lot of folks has to do with one of your chapters— in part seven called live food desserts, smart sweets, healthy choices lead to positive uh, outcomes. Now, I bring that up because two years ago, almost two years ago, July of 2020, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Now, the doctor, my doctor said, Richard, it's going to be a long journey for you. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to bring that A1C down from 11.2. Get your blood sugar down from 275, 300. And after the shock wore off, I said, no, it's not. Because I know how I got here. And I share this story every time. The pandemic. What did everybody go to when they were told not to go anywhere? They went to comfort foods, which have sugars and carbs, among other things. And I was, past tense, a big soda drinker. And I had had two Cokes right before that doctor's visit. 
So my blood sugar was very high on that particular day. It was actually 544 that day. Here's the, and my doctor actually used a word that most doctors would never use. He used the word to describe me and my turnaround as uh, as a miracle. I brought my blood sugar and A1C down in less than a month and a half. And it's been down ever since. So when we start talking about the sweets part of our diet, it's, is there an, a, a need within our bodies for that part? Uh, some say that when you create, crave certain things, you should go ahead and eat them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that craving is coming from, per se, the body at large saying, no, we're short of this particular set of chemicals, you know, to facilitate the pharmaceutical part of our bodies or whatever, as opposed to the personality that just says, ah, I need, I need something sweet. I need chocolate or, you know, that kind of thing. Are sweets, uh, is there a, a certain uh, aspect to the, the body's need for a sweet um, element to our diet? Yes, there is many levels to that question. There is many levels. Well, first of all, you know, I'm, I've been involved with, just so you know, with Dr. Gabriel Cousins and in the program Healing Diabetes in 21 Days. And I'm a graduate of the school of uh, Dr. Gabriel Cousins um, and recovering diabetes. So my father was a diabetic. So I know very well uh, very well what you're uh, speaking about. And I've seen, if you want to call it miracles, you can, why not? Life, it's all a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, but really I've seen uh, diabetes reversed in less than 21 days for years of taking all kinds of um, uh, pharmaceuticals. And yes, I think... Um, once you clean up your palate and you clean up your life and you clean up your nutrition, you will find sweetness even in the bitter, even in the dandelion. You're going to find deliciousness everywhere because the, uh, this world is absolutely not only beautiful, it's delicious. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that, yes, you can have some, you know, sweetness. Um, sometimes we do need. Uh, it's not like we need specific any specific sweetness. We don't really need it, but it is it is in our culture, it is in our taste buds. It's absolutely, you know, there is honey in nature and there is nectar in flowers, mm-hmm. and there is uh, the nectar in our pineal gland that drips down our throat when we get enlightened. So the sweetness in our food reminds us to the higher places of our soul. Now, that's a new one on me. I did not know about the pineal gland. Yes. To, to talk to us a little bit about that and, and, and the significance of the pineal gland. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the pineal gland is that uh, gland uh, which is in, in the spiritual world. It's called the sacred masculine. Yeah. The lydic gland is two fingers below your belly button, and that's the sacred feminine. 
See, and when you activate the sacred feminine within you and the sacred masculine within you, okay, and they merge at the thymus, okay, this expansion and this merger of these two creates life, creates a column of consciousness in you, outside of you, and that takes over the world into becoming into letting your soul land into you and manifestation. And um, so the pineal gland is very, very important. And the lytic gland is very important. These two, you know, we have the sacred masculine, sacred feminine, and how they run in your life. Yes. When you have a lot of um, anguish and anger and uh, fluoride in your water, Yes, and toxicity in our environment. And this gland no longer is firing up light. This gland fires up light. Not only that, in the center of that gland, there is an, a crystal called hydroapatite, okay? Which is of the same material of our teeth, which are hydroapatite. How about that? So mm. we have these crystals inside of us. So... And all of this, it is important, you know, like, oh, my intuition, my focus, and my, my hormonal, my, my whole beingness is not tied to just one gland, but it's our whole body, all the microorganisms, the gut, the heart, the mind, the emotions, the lifestyle. So it is on and on and on and on, just to give you a fabric of how complex we are and how miraculous we are. Yes, I mentioned earlier about our, we have a pharmaceutical industry running in our bodies. However, it will not produce the right chemical, the right medication, shall we say, I'll use that term, uh, if we don't put the right things into our bodies to allow that pharmaceutical industry to produce the chemicals that we need for our day-to-day -day lives. Absolutely. We are not only matter, you know, it's not only about what you pu we put in, it's about how we train our brain to think. We are not our brains, but we are not, we're much more than that. You know, we have to come out of the matter. You know, the brain has ways of looking at things and wanting things and becoming addicted to things. So we need to use our will, which is not located in our brain. It is located in a much higher source. And, um, you know, do I, I'm, are you muted? Are you muted? I am here to talk to you about the work that you're doing. You've got, I'm, I'm not only am I th thrilled that you have a dessert section, but you have chips and crackers. Really? <laughs> You'd think, okay, get those out of there. We don't need those. Uh, they, they serve a purpose too, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, I love my crunchy food. I really do love my crunchy food. I'm not going to go about having uh, potato chips that are fried in canola oil that is really bad for you or any vegetable oil or seed oils that I, I, I don't particularly use or recommend anybody to use. But for example, I have a phenomenal kale cheap recipe. And believe me, once you get into that, you will never go back to the other stuff or it'll at least, 
you will open up a whole new door of deliciousness and you will know that there is crunchy, there is a, and there is all kinds of textures for you uh, to taste when you go into the my recipes. Well, I cannot thank you enough. I wish we had more time. Uh, they, th this, th these, these hours go by so fast sometimes. Yes. Uh, and your book is so large. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, these aren't just recipes for the body, uh, but these are recipes for the soul, if you will. And um, folks, if you're looking at the YouTube channel, you see me flipping, you know, looking over, uh, over my uh, down. Uh, I'm looking at the book. It's too big to hold. It's too heavy for me to hold. Not that I'm that weak, but I, I can't hold it. And, you know, and, and you've got spreads and, and uh, uh, roll ups. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing how you have thoroughly researched the, the various categories that we live by. It's just astounding. I applaud you for for what you've put together. Uh, you also have a three day was a three day menu that we talked about getting getting back on track. I hope folks that you'll go to Marcella Love. I think it's kind of cool that they they've opened it up and you can actually have your own uh, dot whatever instead of dot com dot net dot org. I think that's yes. very cool. And yes, yes, yes. And you know that the book, the book is done with all sustainable forestry paper. I was and, just going to ask about that. Yes. And it was printed in the U.S. I'm curious about the ink that was used. Uh, it was a, I believe it was soy. I believe it was soy. It was a non-toxic ink. So like if you smell the book, it won't smell bad. Very cool. And and you are definitely doing your part. Uh, yes, in your it takes small sometimes, way. I think sometimes we need to understand. Sometimes it does take longer, and it might be a little bit more expensive. Yeah. But the whole thing is, you pay now or you pay later dearly. Yeah, there is a there is a, a an a oil company <laughs> that uh, that basically. Uh, uh, they say the same thing. If you don't do your regular oil change, uh, you know, you can uh, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. And uh, I took my father's advice. I change the oil regularly and uh, it's a good thing. And I do the same thing with the body. I have had a year ago, a year after my diabetes diagnosis, I participated in an Olympic sport during the Olympics. Uh, and it was the gallbladder clean and jerk. My gallbladder was highly infected, they say, and I had a golf ball size gall a gallstone. And they just ripped that sucker out. I asked them, well, you know, the appendix, you know, you, they say there's no use for it either. So why don't you take that too? It said, sorry, we don't do twofers. Uh, but so be it. I, <laughs> I have two final questions, three final questions for you. And there's so many other questions I would love to ask you. But these questions I ask all of my guests um, at the end of the program, and you may have answered them to some degree during the program, uh, but I like to ask them directly. But again, I thank you so much for, for sharing this with us. You know, <laughs> it is so big. It's so beautiful. And uh, I'm going to actually give this to my wife. I know she's going to love it. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful work. Thank you. First of the three questions is, who is Marcella Benson? 
<laughs> I am a poet. I'm a mystic. I'm a mother. And I am a wife. And I am a very good friend. And I love people. I love animals. And I love the natural world. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Expand the consciousness, a conscious living lifestyle out of a diet paradigm into a conscious, wonderful living lifestyle. And finally, what is your life's purpose? My life purpose is to elevate consciousness in the world through love, peace, and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> through love, peace, and vegetables, ladies and gentlemen. And I know you probably went through this even as a child growing up, uh, as I did. I, there were certain things I just did not like, like specifically like tomatoes. Uh, that's also a fascinating conversation only because um, I find it interesting that over the years, we found out that certain vegetables were technically fruits and vice versa. I hated tomatoes as a kid. I can't get enough of them. But I've also learned, which you probably know as well, get the seeds out of there. They will cause inflammation in the body. Get the seeds out. Plant them. Grow some more tomato plants. And then you're fine to eat the tomato. Just take bites out of it and so forth. Uh, without having to worry, especially as, as we get older with the issues of arthritis and inflammation and so forth. Hey, you know, and these are the things we didn't know before, but we're learning and it's very cool. Yes, 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 yes. And we have to keep uh, in mind that for some people, they even have to take out the skin of the tomato. Oh, really? And okay. Some other people, yes. And some other people can take the tomato with the skin and with the seeds. So we are all different. We're all different. And we have to see uh, what is bothering to our body. And it's different for each and every one. Well, again, I thank you so much for this time. Uh, I wish we had more. Uh, and I hope that we can have you back. Yes, invite me. I, lo I love speaking with you and to bringing... Um, a whole new spectrum of consciousness to your audience. Excellent. I'm happy to do that. Excellent. Then I will, in the email that I will be sending you shortly, I will include some dates and times uh, in a month or so that we can uh, yes. get together again and talk. Absolutely. We can talk more about spiritual nutrition and also the understanding that if we are having a gallbladder that is full of stones, uh, we can do different things about it, like eating the seeds of the apple that have malic acid will help you eliminate stones. So there is many things that we can do for our body, the natural way, and I'm happy to share them with you in Excellent. this space. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.